Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey friends, if you are looking for ad-free Sense of Soul episodes, you can find them at Sense of Soul Patreon. Become a monthly member at any level. You will also have access to our monthly SOS Sacred Circles, our mini-series, merch, and much more. And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today, joining me is one of America's most highly acclaimed psychic mediums, the red couch medium, Tracy Escobar. She is a professional medium, mentor, author, and she too is a podcast host of the Metaphysical Happy Hour alongside her co-host, Cassie Clayton. And today, Tracy is joining us to share her story and to tell us all about her new book, You Can Be a Medium an engaging guide that will help develop your intuitive capabilities through exercises, tools, inspiring meditations, and the story of a very special red couch. So welcome, Tracy. Thanks so much for being with us. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you. Happy Monday. Thank you so much for coming on. I had so much fun when I was on you and Cassie's podcast. Yeah. You guys do the lives and everything, which this is not live. So I get yep. to edit any edit. You get to make it pretty. <laughs> so yeah, in that fact, it's nice, but it's so fun when it's live, right? I yeah. have a great time with you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We have fun because yeah, whatever happens, happens, right? Yeah. And actually that episode that I did with you guys when we pulled cards. I was pulling from a deck that actually was the beginning of so many synchronicities in the journey that I have been on since then. Really? Yes. I love that. I I know. Yeah. Part of the string of of divine synchronicities. Mm -hmm. And we'll have you back. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for you. You have (laughs) read a book since I've seen you. I did. Super excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited too, just to talk about it. I think that actually a book like this, and especially just reading the title and a little bit about it, it is like needed in this world. Yeah. Because I think so many people, they discover their gifts or their purpose, but they're like, what do I do with it? Yeah. Right. Like the they don't know what question. steps next. Or like <laughs> me, I didn't even know if it was possible. Right. I thought you had to be special. Yeah. So, yeah, I wrote it when I was younger. Like I'd see Teresa or I see like John Edwards on TV. I was like, why can't I do that? Why wasn't I special enough to get that? Right. Had yeah. no idea. I wasted so many years thinking only certain people could do it. Right. But yeah. So, you know, I, I've never been a red person. Never? You know? No, not really. I mean, just sometimes daring. And so, you know, being the red couch medium were you always a red person or did that develop and evolve so that that's a really great question it really evolved exact it kind of lines up with my awakening so to speak I was never really a red person either but during my awakening I started noticing red everywhere it's hard to explain but when you go through your awakening colors just become so vibrant and just looks different right and so red would like pop. And then, you know, everybody knows about the red cardinal, you know, spirit comes to us in red cardinals. Right. And so all of a sudden I never noticed a red cardinal before ever. And then all of a sudden all these red cardinals were coming across my path and I would just notice them. I'd notice red flowers. I would notice like 
red and tree trunks. You know, I would go just take pictures of everything I could find red. It just became super important to me without me realizing why. And then it kind of goes into how I became the red couch medium, right? I was out hiking one day. And at that time I was starting to do some meditations. I was starting to get creative with myself because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And on that hike, I stopped, you know, out of the middle of nowhere and told my friend like, God, how random would it be for a red couch to be out here in the middle of nowhere? Because I just got a vision of a red couch in the woods just on my walk. And it was just crazy. And, you know, that person that I was with knew I was kind of going through some awakening stuff at the time. And so, you know, didn't make fun of me, but we noted it, right? Okay, red couch. No, nothing happened that day, of course. But like a week later, my dryer broke. And see, it's all divine, right? So uh-huh. the story is just crazy. It made me have to go to a laundromat. And I went to a laundromat in my town. And then right behind the laundromat is the lake, like Lake Louisville. It's right behind there. And there's a big pasture. And so while my stuff was drying, I said, well, let's just kind of go for a walk along the lake. And the laundromat was in this strip center, so to speak. And so we walked down the strip center, we turned the corner, and then we turned the corner again and saw the big meadow to get to the lake. And I'm not even kidding you. There was an abandoned red couch right there. Holy crap. Yeah. We both stopped. We looked at each other. Oh we're like, holy <laughs> shit. You can't make that shit up. Right? Right. Right. Yeah. And I said, okay, all right, this is it. This is exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And then the, just because of the synchronicities were starting to come, you know, and, and I just attributed it to my dad. So I'd lost my dad when I was 19. And I just started attributing the color red to everything with my dad. And it wasn't until I was writing this book that I remembered. So my dad died when I was 19 and it was a military funeral. He was in the military. He had just retired, you know, and everybody was in their black. I was the only one. Guess what color dress I wore? Red. At 19, I wore red. Yeah. And it all just came full circle. And I wrote it in my book because I didn't even remember until we were going through my book and trying to write it and going back to that trauma of losing my dad. I was like, oh my God, I had a red dress with a little white polka dots and red high heel shoes stood out because I was the only one in red, right? And so I think, you know, that just came full circle. It was all meant to be. All oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, of course, I think he was there that day. Sure. You know, so I don't know if he's just used that. I just think it's just so weird. Full synchronicities and full circle maybe this is what I was meant to be doing all along, right? It just kind of solidified my purpose, I think. So when did you figure out that you were a medium? So I'd never, ever, ever had an experience. And that's why growing up, losing my dad at 19, I became interested in the spirit world and what happens after we die, right? Because experiencing death that young, what happens when we die? Is that it, right? You're done, that's it? Thinking about it, wishing I could you know, for some reason, I automatically believed that there was life after death and always wanting an experience, but never knowing what to expect. You got to think back then at 19, there was barely internet, barely internet, right? So yeah, wasn't enough information out there. I think there is today. I didn't even know it was even possible. And so, you know, I went and spent all my 20s and 30s running, numbing and hiding, right? Through my trauma, because I was in so much trauma from my childhood and into early 20s, I was in a lot of trauma. And then at 45, I woke up one day with a saying in my head and just being tired of being tired and wondering, is this all that life is about? Just getting up every day, taking care of kids, cooking, cleaning, going to work, paying bills, coming home and doing it all over again, right? I was really like questioning what is life about and why me? And I had stumbled upon a pill addiction at the time because I had 
severe back trouble and I just became addicted to the hydrocodones, right? And it became my crutch. And so among other things, and so I was tired, I was done. And the affirmation that I heard in my head is you are meant to be greater than you are today. And I wrote that on my bathroom mirror. You are meant to be greater than you are today. Mm. And that started my journey. I started trying to meditate. I started journaling. I said, I'm going to go figure out what's wrong with me. Went back to birth, you know, journaled all the way through adulthood, trying to figure stuff out, meditating. And that's when I started having experiences. And then I had went to a psychic medium and she's the one that planted the seed that I took my daughter with me and she said, you guys can do this or you guys can do this. I'm like, what do you mean? Right. And as soon as we got in the car, I dialed, okay, Google, metaphysical (laughs) store, classes, where am I going? And I, yeah, I found, I ended up at a metaphysical store in Louisville, Texas. And that's where my journey began. I started taking like psychic development classes, a little bit of mediumship classes, and it kind of just blossomed from there. Wow. That's so similar to like my journey too. I find that with a lot of people too. You know, you wonder if the whole midlife crisis that people have always talked about was actually just like a spiritual awakening. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Because my whole life changed. I am such a different person. My friends are in awe of what I've become. And in the six years that I've been on this journey, my life has completely flipped upside down. And it's just been an amazing ride. When you look back, I mean, did you really truly have nothing or did you just ignore it? I didn't. I really wish I had experienced it. Yeah. Yeah, I always felt different. I remember that feeling of being just a little girl feeling different. Yeah. Crying out. Right. Just feeling it. Um, but no, no ghosts, no experiences. Didn't know my dad was going to die when he died. Had nothing. That's why I thought I wasn't special enough to be able to do it. Right. My my dad dying too was a huge part of my journey. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel so bad now. Like if I was born probably later in life, a different time, I would have probably started in my twenties and not have gone through it. But then I think, well, I had to go through what I went through because I can connect with people who going through the same thing. So a part of my journey is attracting those kind of people and I can help them because I've been through it. So that's why it was really important for me in my book to write my lessons and write my soul lessons. And I got really raw and really real. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm a real person who had real struggles and look what healing did for me now, you know, on the other side of healing, look what can happen for your life. Yeah. And I think that that's like the difference between us now than Mm -hmm. it was like, say 15, 20 years ago where we're trying to reach out and connect with people because we've experienced it and that vulnerability and that connection rather than I know all and I am so educated yes. and I know all the things you're supposed to do because I read it in a book. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, also too, I think this day and age, and I'm struggling with this with the past generations, like my mother, they don't want to talk about this stuff. And so writing this book has caused some strife within the family and everything. I'm like, why aren't we talking about it? Why is it such a secret? Why do we try to push it under the rug? And I just think that's how it was handled back in other generations. Mm-hmm. Right. So breaking that cycle and coming out and just being real and honest and judge me if you want. I'm human, but here I am now and trying to help people heal through my experiences. I know. I always think back to how their parents were called the silent generation. It was so true, right? It was just like, suck it up, do what you got to do, keep going without, you know, showing emotion, without screaming and saying, life is fucking hard. Hard. You know what I mean? And it's true. I know with my book, me and my mom, she came over and we had to cry about it because she wanted nothing to do with it. 
because of all the stuff that I tell. Right. And I had to tell her it's okay for us to tell. We didn't do the bad things. Other people did it. And so, you know, just struggling with my mom through that. And she's still having a really hard time that I'm putting it out there. She won't read it, but I made her touch it. I said, you got to touch it. At least your daughter wrote a book. Yeah. Nothing bad. And we have to talk about it because it affects our life. Back yeah. in those days, you would, you would stuff it. And she goes, well, we just would go on. We wouldn't think about it and dwell on it. And I said, it's not about dwelling on mm-hmm. it. It's about understanding the trauma and how it's affecting you today. Really. Right? Acknowledging it. And yes. Because you can't fix it if you don't acknowledge it. Relationships, it fixes everything. Yes. Yes. It's so true. And, you know, I have my mom about that too, especially around the, when I did that whole ancestry thing. She was like, you don't need to let the world know. And I was like, why? I was why like, the whole reason why I want to let people know is because it was hidden. Yes. <laughs> and that affects us. <laughs> right? Yes. But then even when I, my recent journey with the Gnostic Gospels and the Goddess Sophia, that too was hidden. So it's, it, I feel like it's been my purpose to out the hidden truths, you know, to seek the truth and share it. But that did start within myself first, which, yeah. you know, so I, th- I love how if people are on the right track, this is my perspective, that the work has to be done inside first. I like how Dr. Jerry uh, Rivera Gigenio says it's an incension. And I think that is so true. We're always like so focused on, I want to be the medium and spiritual and and know all the things, but there's this inner work that has to be done first. Do you agree? Oh, Oh, absolutely. When I train people, so I do mentorships, I tell them a mediumship is a journey of healing, right? It's a two way, it goes side by side, Mm -hmm. right? You can't be this great medium if you haven't done your work. You have it's to so tricky. You have to. <laughs> I had have no to. idea that was going to be the case, Tracy. <laughs> it is. I didn't, but it worked for me, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Great tutors works. taught me that because you have yeah. to be a clear slate. If you think about it, if your mm-hmm. vibration is full of hurt and trauma and you haven't worked through it, exactly. that's the kind of mediumship you're going to do. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. cause more damage to people because mm. you're going to spew hurt and trauma right? You can't help it. If you're a medium, you can't help but put your own spin on things. Cause it's your brain. That's being funneled through. Right. That's right. Yeah. And you know, I also feel like just creating that space. It's like, if you have all this weight on you from the world and from, you know, your childhood, your ancestors, whatever. Yes. And so as you're removing it, you're making this space and you're making this clear channel to receive. And yeah, it, it just makes them, you can see the person in grief who wants to so badly connect. Yes. But yet they're stuck in that lower vibration of grief that is so heavy. It's true. That's why I say, that's why you're not getting the dreams. I tell people, yeah. why aren't they coming to me? Because your vibration is so low right now. It's really hard mm-hmm. to get through the muck. That's what I kind of tell them, right? Wait, right. you're going to have to grieve a little. You're going to have to heal some. And then when you're <laughs> open mind and open space, they're going to come in. I promise. Right. Yeah. And of course, we're going to go up and down all the time, right? Oh, so it's okay. not like. It doesn't happen to me. It doesn't happen to you. You know, I have been going through a hard time over the past week, especially. Yeah. And my vibration was so low because I was so just in a funk and kind of sad. And literally, I tell you, I got so sick. Did you? I got so, yes, I got the, like the worst cold came out of freaking nowhere. I was the only one sick. I was so sick for an entire day. 
and then decided to put protection around me, just some meditation, cut some cords. Uh, I went to bed so freaking sick. And the next day I woke up like, so, okay. Oh, good. (laughs) It works. It does. It did. It was the weirdest thing in the world. I almost felt like I was being psychically attacked in something, you know, which I considered that too. So, I mean, I just really, I had to do some spiritual hygiene and bring full awareness to my energy. I I mean, it was crazy. It was affecting Mm -hmm. my physical body, you know, my immune system. That goes to show sometimes we have to be the observer of ourselves. Okay what's going on and observe what's going on within yourself and yeah. you know, that and tackle that for sure. Kind of like was a reminder. Hey, Shanna, guess what? This can happen to you too, right? You were in such a high vibe. Everything was going good. Yeah. And letting just it spiritual doesn't mean nothing doesn't happen to us either. Right. And I'll tell you what, I think it was about three years ago. It was in the middle of the night. My partner woke me up and he wanted to have sex. I've always hated it. And whenever he did that, my body would tense up. So I was doing Reiki classes and my lower back had been hurting. So as I'm teaching, I'm like, I'll take advantage of this and work a lot on my sacral chakra. I was coming up. Well, lo and behold, after we're done, I'm laying there and I'm like, oh my God, all these memories came back of when I was around 11 years old. I had been violated and it was when I was sleeping. And I pretended to be asleep. So, and I talked about this and I thought it didn't affect me. I I don't know why it affects some people. Like, you know, and I, it was open. This is what I said. But then all of a sudden I realized it was affecting me through my first marriage. This one, you know, it had always been, it was in my tissue. Even if my mind didn't think it was every part of my body was feeling it and remembering it. So I was like, okay. I'm acknowledging this. I'm bringing it to the front. I'm going to give it the love and care that it needs. And I'm going to let this go. And I look at my partner. I said, tonight, I want you to try to wake me up and we'll try it again. He was like, oh, are you freaking kidding me? I will never wake you up in the middle of the night again. And I was like, you have to, I have to test the system. I can't make sure it's working. (laughs) But here I had this traumatic experience as a child that I just acted like didn't affect me living in my muscles, right? The minute you said you tensed up, I said, I know exactly what happened to you because it happened to me. And that's the feelings that I would get. I used to kick my partner off of me. It would get so bad and so tense. I would kick like, and, throw. Yeah. and I had to go figure out what the hell's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my body remembered. So it's because you're being forced to do something you don't want to do. And your mind goes into the fight. Even though you're doing it to satisfy your partner, you really don't want to, and your brain will go into fight, right? And that's what happens. So it's so interesting. But yeah, I've been there too. I've experienced that too. And mm-hmm. but that was a huge lifting, right? Made yeah. some huge spiritual breakthroughs after that. <laughs> yes, and you're like, wow, and I feel all it. the yeah. back pain went away, right? Once you acknowledge it, you're like, okay, this is why it's happening. This is why. Yeah. Yeah. No, self-awareness yeah. is key. Yeah. Those things had to be addressed. It was impacting my relationship and I had no idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought about that. How many things are living in me that I'm not even conscious to. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. And and then I wondered why didn't this come up so long ago? I've been on this journey for so long, but you know what? I didn't have the tools 
I didn't have the tools at the time to deal with that. So I see that everything is divine timing as well. So, I mean, I'm prepared for the next one. <laughs> going to be a big one. <laughs> I'm trying to, it's, you know, it's an evolution, you know, we're always going through change. You know how we talk about our mother daughter relationships. You know? oh. So I'm struggling through my daughter, mother daughter relationships with my daughters. But I'm like, okay, I do a lot of self-awareness stuff. I go to bed every night. What could I have done better today? I really do because I need to be aware of myself. And so now I'm struggling with two daughters in my life. Like why? It has to be because I struggle with my mom. And so just trying to make those connections and trying to heal the trauma because I raised children off of trauma, fight or flight, right? Mm. And now I got to go back and undo some of that stuff and try to figure out why. Because I didn't think I was okay. I, I was successful. I was raising three children. Like my house was always in order. You think you're doing everything right, but you're not, you're just kind of a robot and not feeling and not doing that stuff. So that's kind of the journey I'm on now. I got to go back and feel it. I got to go back and heal it. So, you know, therapy is working too for me. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, you, you carry some of your parents trauma too. You do. You don't realize it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't realize it. Yeah. I've had to really, you know, cause I, you know, most of my life, my mom and I have been at, we're at odds too. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that was because I think that she thought that I favored my dad so much, um, you know, that, that daddy's girl kind of yeah. thing. And she yeah. was much more, I mean, she thinks my brother's the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now, I mean, who's the one who cares for her is me. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up Catholic. I think that that kind of quieted my psychic abilities, even my intuition, oh, absolutely. you know, it was pray to St. Anthony every time I'm losing something. Look to God, the church or whoever to guide me rather than my own intuition, my own gut feelings. I was never taught to rely on that. Exactly. Because when I was coming through my, I don't know if this was with you too, when I was going through my awakening and starting to develop my gifts, I went to a lot of psych, I needed validation. Like, am I, can I, am I, can I, am I, can I? I spent so much money just trying to get someone else to validate me. Right. So mm. I wrote the book to validate everybody else. You can do it. Like, this is something you can do if you want to. Right. Yeah. Innately, we all have this beautiful gift within us. Maybe we're not all meant to do it professionally. Fine. That's yeah. Not everybody's meant to be a race car driver, right? Not, not everybody's meant to be a medium, but if you wanted to tap in, you most definitely could. Yeah. How did you get past that and get to that place of self-confidence like that? Oh my gosh. Through the healing part, because I can tell you, my biggest struggle in my mediumship development. Okay. I had a tutor tell me one time and I'll never forget it. Whatever's wrong in your mediumship is what's wrong in your personal life or your person. Okay. So it's okay. never wrong here because it's wrong here. I was not confident in my mediumship, right? I was always afraid I was going to be wrong. I was, I was afraid to do it for money. I was afraid to get in front of people in the public. So much fear because I had no confidence. And I really had to look myself in the mirror and say, wow, your trauma caused you to be a not confident. So I would lack confidence here and it was affecting me here. So I really had to do the work to build my confidence in my personal self in order to build my confidence in my mediumship. They go hand in hand, right? Wow, that makes so much sense. Doesn't it? Whatever's wrong, look at your personal stuff. Because look at this one. I was having a hard time trusting spirit, you know, and I'll give you an example. If I would have had this reading, I did a reading on Friday. And if I would have done this reading 
four years ago, I would have questioned myself. A grandmother came through and just showed me a tomato. I just had a tomato. All right, five years ago, I would have thought, I'm not saying tomato, I don't trust that. Oh, that must have been my brain making that up. What the heck, who's gonna say tomato? I would have talked myself out of it because I didn't trust, right? Yeah. But I've done so much work and I had to look at myself, why don't you trust? Well, because every man that I ever loved left me, right? My dad died on me. My ex-husband cheated so many times. Like there's just been trauma after trauma of trust. Yeah. People that I loved would leave or abandon. I still have abandonment issues today. So I, I get really stressed. I get really angry with my daughters because I feel like they abandoned me, right? So we're in estrangement with my two daughters at the moment, but everyone left. So I built this wall of not trust, right? So that's what was wrong with my mediumship. So I had to go back and heal. I had to go back and forgive people. And I had to go back and let the walls down so I could trust spirit. So mm -hmm. take me back to Friday. I said, your grandmother is showing me a tomato. I know it's the strangest thing. I don't know what it means, but she's showing me a tomato. And do you know what? That was the biggest piece of evidence for that reading. Her grandmother has slipped on a tomato inside of a grocery store and broke her hip that caused a whole lot of medical issues. Moving oh, forward. wow. That was because I trusted spirit <clears throat> and I said what I got. Yeah. Trusting yourself is such a big thing. Confidence and trust, right? That's it. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't do my work. And then needing the validation outside of you. You know, recently I have felt the opposite. In fact, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a healthy thing or, it's a, you know, because I really become like when someone will say, well, so-and-so says this, I'm like, well, I don't know so-and-so and where she got her information. Yeah. I'm telling you that this is how I feel about it. So it's interesting how some people put so much trust in, you other know, other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So is this book really trying to teach people how to trust themselves then? Yeah, I we're do. talking about mediumship. How to I, be a medium, how to trust yourself. I do. And I tell them, you got to do your shadow work. You got to go within. You got to figure out why you don't trust, why you don't have confidence, right? Here's another one. I am definitely blocked when it comes to readings with men, right? Anytime a man books with me, I literally get sick and I get stressed out and I get nervous. And I probably would too. I don't think I've had very many. You haven't? No, but I probably would. I'm yeah. just thinking about it. You're talking just think about, about it. Like, and why? Because my trauma comes from men. Right. And I don't want to be vulnerable. Like I go in and I feel like I sink. You so don't want to just yeah. continually working through Open and trying it. to come out because it's my childhood stuff. Right. So I know it's still in there. I got to keep working and I kind of keep pushing. So I just say yes. And I just push through it and they always end up okay. Right. Yeah. But I probably got to do 20, 30, 40 to get my brain to say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Right. Right. But all of these things have made you a more successful medium. I mean, yeah. they make you trust yourself. So, you know, it's so funny because people will say like, all the, all the trauma, but the trauma actually has given, has been your biggest tool in helping you learn to trust yourself. It really has. And it's giving me the where for all to actually be okay to go within, right? Some people say I had the perfect life. There's nothing to learn. There's nothing. Mm. Oh, there's something, right? You got to go in there and find it, but. I don't know. It caused me to have to go. And that made me a better medium too. just making myself go inward. And now I, and now sometimes when I get these people who call me and book readings, sometimes it's not about mediumship. They just need someone to tell them what to do next. Right. They need help on their healing. They need help on their journey. And I've been there. I can help. I can, I, I, I can actually say I walk the walk. 
I'm on the other side of it and this is what can happen. And that's part of the book too. Yes, I wanna tell people you can be a medium. You don't have to be special. Two, I've been through it and I made it, right? Three, how do you heal? Let me show you, you gotta heal to be a medium. And then four, let's develop, right? Let me tell you how you develop. And that's kind of all in the book. Oh my gosh. It's like yeah. four books in one book. Yeah, it's all about that. Yeah, that's, well, that's all very good stuff. Yeah. You know, um, another thing is, I don't know if you feel the same, but as a mother, mm-hmm. I used to think, oh my God, I'm going to make their lives so easy. I'm going to do all the things. I want them to have no pain in their lives, you know, no stress or, you know, I just want it to be just so perfect. I really, truly did want that. Yeah. You know, I never wanted that. And now when they have a problem, like this is a great opportunity for you to learn this lesson. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So my estrangement, I'm like, I'm okay. Go heal. You obviously need this space and time to figure stuff out. Yeah. Go heal. You know, people are probably saying, aren't you upset? Aren't you crying? Well, it hurts, but I'm understanding the space that my girls need to go heal and I'm allowing that space right it's true yeah yeah I definitely was a helicopter parent I have kids from 25 to 10 so you know I I mean I'm so obvious you know yeah and like even the other day I hope he's not right here he might be I don't care if he is but he has a flat tire and he looked at me and I'm like yeah you know you'll figure that out you know great opportunity for you to figure out that flat tire and, you know, prioritize it because I'm not, I won't be driving around. You're 25. But you know, my first instincts though, what, what I'm wired to do because of generations was go fix my son, let me go fix it for you. (laughs) I was the same way. Let Let me me drive you around and, and put my whole life right out of whack to make you feel comfortable and happy and loved. See, that's crazy. Cause I did the same thing. I would jump if my kids would call, whatever I jump, jump, jump. And at the end of the day, my girls still abandoned and left. Right. Mm. So they didn't feel love from that. That was the way I was showing you love, but they weren't receiving it as love. It's so interesting to me. That's when the whole love language thing comes into play. I think. Yeah. This, yeah. I show sure. you love by jumping and going and trying to make your life easy. Cause mine was hard. They're yeah, not receiving yeah. that as love. It's interesting to well, me. Well, and I thought how you know my mom did the same. Mm-hmm. And so you see that these are patterns. And so, yeah. and even though it's still in me, right? I mean, sometimes I, I've even been told, you know, oh my God, you're so much like Momoa, which is my grandma. And she was a sacrificing martyr, mm-hmm. right? She gave to everyone, never took for herself. And when people tell me that I connect with that loving part, but then I'm also like, Ooh, Ooh, wait, no, I'm not like that. I'm not going to go to my deathbed, never, ever loving myself, never, ever, you know, trusting myself and giving to myself first. It's something that I broke in my family. It stopped with me. It It was a generation, you know, and my daughters are so, so strong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) do you believe that all of us have this channel to be able to tap into mediumship do you or do you believe that it's specific gifts to to people i believe we all have an innate intuition right Uh and i believe if you chose and put it out into the universe that you wanted to develop you could do it yeah Mm. anybody could Mm -hmm. okay put in the work there's a lot of work Right. right Okay. Now, do you believe 
that you are channeling or downloading. This has been a huge thing lately. And I'm like, it's just language people. We're all talking about the same thing. That's interesting. You know, not to use the word channel. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to, you know, what is it? They're saying downloading. We're downloading. Channeling is opening yourself to start speaking through another person and all this and that. And I just think it's language. And I think it's very silly that people pick on words and stuff like that. Because it's like, it's really an individual intention, don't you think? Uh, yeah. And I tell people all the time, look, I'm going to teach you, but if something doesn't resonate, I got taught by somebody else. I, it doesn't make it gold. I don't know what's really going to happen until we die. We really, none of us really know how it really is until we die. So yeah, I agree with you. Those are just semantics. It just works. Like, I don't know how. Well, I know, but do you ever feel like that? Cause like right now I feel funny saying channeling. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, but it's just so silly. It is Myself, silly. Because it's like, it's all, if I'm, if I'm telling you, this is what I'm doing and I'm calling it channeling, but you're saying it's not, I mean, like downloading, downloading, like I would assume downloading. I hear people say that all the time and I'm just assuming they got an answer for something. They got a download. Right. But if I'm with spirit and I'm like communicating, wouldn't that be channeling? I really, yeah, I mean, I guess it would, but I think that what they've described is like the talking through and like your voice changes and all that's like trance channeling I guess I guess we could okay. put a word in front of it like who knows call it whatever you want call it a, call it, I a say. call it a hamburger I'm hamburgering I don't know who cares call it whatever yeah. you want to call it we don't know we really don't I know think that the, the thing is is you're opening yourself up to negative you're going to be talking to like the devil and devil. stuff like that yeah or demons and stuff like that I have a lot of people who believe in that yeah right <laughs> there's a lot of people that still believe in Santa Claus okay Oh, it needs your money. Okay. I'm sorry. I forgot. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Tomato, tomato. Who cares what you call it? Right. That's what I would say. So I wouldn't consider myself a medium. Have you tried? So, um, yes. Yeah. And I have. Okay. Yeah. I've had experience medium, medium shop. Absolutely. I've had yeah. uh, with my dad, you know, with my grandma, with uh, my best friend, Nisha. but I am clairvoyant so I follow visions physical and spiritual okay so it seems like mediumship often comes in like conversation with spirit or a past loved one that's what I but that's what it seems like most people have right when when it comes to mediumship or do some people just see like I do scenes so someone who's been trained and does a lot the way we do it, people would probably think we're having football conversations, but it's not it's coming in as a symbol. It's coming in as a thought. It's coming in okay. as a feeling, right? And so when oh. I teach my students, think of a puzzle piece, right? If I just got the clairvoyant piece, let's say I just got the tomato. Well, if I just stay with tomato, I don't oh. know what that means. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. If I see the tomato. I go into the tomato. I feel tomato. I hear the tomato. I feel I can put all the pieces together and say there's a crazy story about a tomato instead of it just being she liked tomatoes right does that make yeah. sense it takes them yeah they're not coming sitting right next to me and this is what I tell my people like they're not sitting here talking to me in full sentences right they are connecting to my consciousness and they're talking to me through symbols signs even external okay. right so yeah. my reading on Friday externally I kept looking at this picture on the girl's mantle right and it was her of her wedding and I was bringing through her friend's grandmother, but I kept looking at that picture. What happened was I was bringing through a gr- that girl's cousin. Well, he had married them, right? So externally, he was trying to get me to say marriage and wedding 
but I was, I was missing it. But I watch everything. I watch what I look at. I watch what I'm playing with. Like if I'm sitting here doing a reading, playing with my necklace. Okay. So you're oh, using all your senses. All of them. Okay. All of them. So I do, I call them soul immersions. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my clients helped me name that. But so I have noticed over hundreds of clients in my Reiki sessions and my Reiki sessions like evolved into something that was no longer really Reiki. So it's hard to even say that anymore, but I still teach it because I think it's a great foundation. Yeah. But I knew that I needed to bring them down into theta brainwave for me to um, access them without resistance. So I started to do these meditations. Well, I was always bad at like remembering scripts. So I started just to whatever I saw, I would tell them what I was seeing. This is what I would walk them through. Well, I noticed I, I was going to the same places with the same people. Oh, yeah. It was somewhere different every time, but it was unique to them. So it would always be with you, Tracy, that we went to this place and it would always be with this person. And, yeah. and but it was so I never noticed until I did so many and they were all different. And then it was like every time they'd come back I'm like, oh, my God, didn't we? Oh, my God, you, you only go there. That's funny. Like, you only see this guide. Like it was not just the place. It was also the guide. Yeah, I kept on hitting it right. And I was like, I can't believe this. this is so crazy. And I'm really bad at writing down. So it was all like over years, I probably would have been a lot better had I wrote down. So, but, and then, cause they would, they would help me. They'd be like, okay, bring me back to that tree. I want to talk to my dad. And I yeah. was like, oh my God, really? And they're like, yeah, you brought me there like three times. And I'm oh like, my oh my God. Right. Yes. So it's interesting how I started yep. to trust it. The more I started to trust it, the the real, it, the more real it got, and the more healing it got. Yeah, healing it got, yep. Because you trust so it. So mm-hmm. when I started to trust myself, because I was like you at first too, like no, oh, that was just a coincidence. I must yeah. be making it up every time <laughs> I see her for some reason. But yeah, you know, after you know hundreds of clients doing that, so then some of them couldn't see what I was seeing. Okay. They could feel it and they had a knowing. So I started to do the art. Okay. So then I I create like a digital art piece of what I see. Nice. So it's really been cool because I've been able to show people like their spirit guides, like what I see. And they're like, yes, that's exactly what I see or saw. So it's so cool. That's your validation right there. How unique. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. And it just kind of evolved into its own thing. But I didn't consider it mediumship, but I guess in some way. Yeah. Cause you're opening up the channel. Someone's giving you that vision, right? Yeah. Well, and also I had, um, Deanne Riendo had said, well, you're tapping into their Akashic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, so all of these things where I kind of wish that I could do. You probably like- do. <laughs> <laughs> you're an Akashic record reader now. Put that on your resume. <laughs> yeah. Maybe That's in awesome. some ways that I am. You are. Yeah. You're probably naturally at it, especially if you're doing Reiki already. All it is, is about opening up, right? So you're already starting to open. You already know about energy. You're already feeling it. So all mediumship is, is shifting your awareness. All right. Now I'm going to go talk to spirit, right? And then just start saying what you're imagining or what you're feeling or what you're getting, right? And you just go with it. You just go with it. And once you do, like you said, I've done thousands now. I just trust it. Like, okay, I might be wrong, but it's okay. But I trust now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's so great. See, cause we always laugh because Mandy definitely, you know, is medium. Yes. She, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I receive universal messages. It's big stuff. It's not big for stuff. me. 
And it's not for one person. Person, it's for everybody, the collective. I've come to the point though, Michelle, where I'm like, what do I do with this? You know, I have like over the past year, it's been so much. And then I'm like, well, what do I do with it? Like, what do you do with it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I've been starting to understand that and, and lead into that, but I think that most people think that they're like, oh, great. So I'm psychic. What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. yeah. Like what? I know that used to really frustrate me. I would get messages for people I didn't know. Like I would get a visual and I would be like, okay. And then be scrolling through Facebook like the next day. And there's that picture of that person. Right. And they committed suicide. Like, okay, why are you going to give me stuff? I'm like, don't know what to do with it. Like it just didn't feel. And someone told me this, we're not always meant to do anything with it. We're just plugging into the knowledge. You're just mm. plugging into the knowledge. Doesn't mean you've got to go do anything, but you're plugging with the knowledge. What I get for you is if you're getting these things, I would start a journal with all of them and maybe compile a book later, right? You're highly tuned in highly. Cause when I talk about mediumship, like I stay on the dead people level. And if you go past that, you're getting into the universal stuff. So I feel like you're so plugged in that you're even past the dead people. Like you're, you're up here. Yeah. You're getting all the universal stuff. My house is full of them. I have a very, very active house. We've had paranormal investigations. I don't mess with anyone. I tell them, listen, I know a psychic down the street. You should check her house out because I don't have time for you. I'm so sorry. But all my kids, you know, also are very tuned into, especially the energy in her house because it's so crazy and stuff moves all the time. It's bananas. Are your kids, have, have they learned some of their abilities by watching you or have they totally been like, get away? Um, so my oldest daughter became a medium too. Yeah. I didn't know that. She is a medium. She's, she's 32. And so she's a medium full time. Wow. Daughter. Yeah. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I know. I love it. She's one of the ones I'm estranged from. So it's hard when we both walk the same journey. Yeah, it's been difficult. It's you would think it'd be amazing. It was amazing because we could always talk about things and bounce things off of each other, right? But then the personal stuff came into be. So I was just hopefully we can reconnect and hmm. and play off of it because we both do it. I would like we could be the Winona Judd, right? We could do the whole. <laughs> she had yes. no part of it. She's like, heck, no, mother. So uh, okay, my middle daughter's more very analytical finance major. She loves this stuff, but and she thinks we're cool. But she, yeah, she's very this. My son though, my son is 26. I know he's gifted. He doesn't want anything to do with it right now. Right. But he had a major out of body experience. that scared the heck out of him. So I know he's gifted. His just may come later when he's ready right now. He's like, no, thank you. Don't want to do it. He'll come to my events and stuff, but he's like, mm, don't want to talk to dead people. But I know <laughs> he had an out of body experience where he was floating above his body. Wow. Watching him in the bed and he was screaming for me because he was freaked out so much. Right. And he did not sleep after that for probably four days because he was so afraid to go to sleep that it would do it again. He would leave his body again. So okay. I know he's gifted. We just got to get him to come. So I'm just planting seeds with my kids, but my cousin can do this. I have a cousin in Virginia who's a medium. She's a trans medium. So I think it's yeah. kind of in our blood and I just didn't know. No one would talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just an abundance of wisdom. Um, tell everybody about like your podcast and yeah. about your website and then where everybody can get your book. Okay. 
Yeah. So I do a podcast with Cassie Clayton. It's called Metaphysical Happy Hour. We are every other Wednesday. You can find all the information on my Facebook page. We go live. We live stream to Facebook and YouTube and TikTok, and we do like a 30 minute interview and then we do live readings on the air. So I do that. I also do readings locally in the Dallas, Texas area or in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, because I'm in both places. And then I also do them all on Zoom. So you can find me at the Red Couch Medium on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. And then I do have a website, www.theredcouchmedium.com. You can also find my book on Amazon. So yeah, there's all the details on how to get a hold of me. <laughs> you're so red couch, but you're also so just comfy too. You. you know, like you have like this nice balance of being sexy and beautiful, but yet also that you're comfortable to me. So um, I, I think that's probably why so many ears are willing to hear you. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. You're beautiful too. Aww. And now it's time for break that shit down. Break that shit down. I would tell you never compare yourself to anybody else. We're all on an individual journey of our own, right? And everything happens when it's supposed to. So live for today. Stop worrying about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. Live for today, right? Because life's too short. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.